just get started. You're going to make mistakes. I think there's so much of this, oh, I'm going to figure this thing out and I'm going to learn it. And there's just nothing like getting in there, rolling up your sleeves and going, oh, that didn't work and pivoting. I've always been a huge fan of just do it. Microphone check one, two, what is this? You're now listening to a brand new episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Look what you done started. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. I'm your host, Cherie Prince, and we are joined today by freelance presentation designer, Adrian Johnston. Adrian not only works with clients on presentation design, but she also coaches other presentation designers on how to get to that next level in their business. Adrian, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. You cannot be more excited than I am to have you here because you have a skill that coaches, speakers, everyone needs. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how you started. Absolutely. So I I help everyone from large businesses to small businesses and solopreneurs you define and design their slides so that they can maximize their impact when they're delivering their content. I think we all inherently understand the death by PowerPoint stigma, right? You go into a meeting, you see somebody pull up their ugly bulleted slides, they're nervous, they start reading off of them. And you're just like, oh, this is torture. It's torture for you as the audience. You know that they're uncomfortable because they haven't prepared. You're not learning anything. It's just a terrible experience all around. And what we know is that if people are more speakers, have taken the time to prepare their slides, right? Either because they've worked with a designer or they've just even tried to do it themselves. They're inherently more prepared. They've thought more about what they want to say. They haven't just slapped something together at the last minute. So they're better prepared. They're more confident when they get up there and they deliver their content. They're able to adjust based on what they've heard and talked to people about in sessions before, and they can adapt that content and really tailor it to that audience. So it's so hugely impactful, I think. And I got into it. I was in corporate America for a long time. I even laugh all the way back to college. I was learning PowerPoint in high school. And then in college, I was a chemistry major, which sounds totally random, but we use PowerPoint. People are always like, chemistry. It's a very process-driven field, and it was way too detailed. Like, it, I always laugh, like, you would have to measure out micrograms, and I would be like, eh, this is taking way too much time. We'll just throw something on there, and then I can adjust all the formulas. <laughs> we can make this work. So, yeah, I spent more time making my lab reports look pretty than I ever cared about what the lab reports and the contents meant. And I really should have realized it 20 years ago, but it probably took another 10 or 12 years. But in corporate, you're using PowerPoint for everything, for staff meetings, presentations. There's not a thing you're not using it for. And when I left corporate, I started doing graphic design and I was probably four or five months in and I was just, I realized I was doing all the things a graphic designer can do. And I was making no money and working really long hours. And you're just like, it's broken, right? Inherently, this can't scale because I don't know. I'm not fast at any one thing. I'm not an expert at any one thing that can charge a premium. So I wiped the deck and said, okay, what am I inherently good at? What am I winning more of like these proposals on than other people? What is paying me more? What am I able to do faster? And it was presentation design. And I realized 
so many other graphic designers hate PowerPoint. Like just, they're like, it's not the Adobe suite. And it's not, (laughs) it is not, but it has that death by PowerPoint stigma and all of that associated with it as well. So that most graphic designers don't want to touch it. And so if you're willing to work in that suite and get comfortable with it, it's actually a really powerful tool that you can do a lot in. And what you can't, you can still open the Adobe suite, do that stuff, and then import it in. There's a right way and a wrong way to do that, (laughs) that you have to know. Like anything else, you can break it. But that's really how I ended up getting into it was the more graphic designers you talk to who end up as presentation designers, everybody has an, I fell into it kind of story like that. Nobody sets out to be like, I'm going to be a presentation designer, but you just realize there's just a huge opportunity in it. And so you no longer do graphic design at all, just presentation design. That's right. Yeah. It's so inefficient. Anytime I try to do anything else for another client, like even my best clients, right? I'll say, oh, could you do this thing? Even if it's in Word or even if it's in something else, like it takes me so long. It's not worth it from a billable hours perspective, right? Like your effective hourly rate suddenly drops to $20 an hour because you're having to go figure out how to do this one little thing where if I was just doing presentation design, (laughs) I could be making last month, my average hourly was $500 an hour, which is just like mind boggling, right? Yes. That's a big wow. I'll put in the show notes. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, that's not always right. Like you have like really good projects and things like that and great clients and the stars align and you hit to that kind of number. That's not an everyday occurrence. My general is around 200, 250, which is still really high. Right. And beyond my expectations when I started my business. So let's talk about that. How long have you been in business for yourself? I started at the beginning of 2018. So it'll be six years in January. Now, at what point did you really realize, yes, this is my jam? Because I hear the stories where the first couple of months it was really lean. At what point did your business really start to take off? Yeah. So I knew I was onto something really quickly, right? I had lots of work and happy clients. I just wasn't making enough money. And so I did that thing where I wiped the decks and said, okay, I'm just going to do presentation design. And now I have to figure out how am I going to get clients? At the time I was just on Upwork, which I think is a great way to get clients. For me, it was a huge way to get started because I'm, I don't consider myself a salesperson. And so I didn't have to go out and approach people. It was already people who needed help. And it really just opened so many doors. You can experiment in many ways. Experiment. There's the chemist in me coming out. You can kind of see what's out there, right? Like, I don't know that I would have ever gotten to presentation design without all those open doors and opportunities to explore. But I didn't see it working for building the type of six-figure business that I wanted and needed long-term. When I was assessing, okay, I have a niche. Now, how am I going to get clients coming to me? in a way that positions me as an expert, but keeps me from having to go through the work I know that I'm never going to do as an introvert, right? I'm never going to go out and cold message clients or do any of that work. And so I did a Google search for presentation designers and the first page of results, gosh, this was like five years ago. And it was, there was probably only three results that were even actually related to presentation design at the time. One of them was like keyword stuffed, would never, doesn't rank anymore, would never make it today. Another one had, didn't even have the keyword on the page. (laughs) But it was funny because I got to this, these search results and I was like, these people must be the best presentation designers that are out there. And I realized that was my perspective. And so for me, it was this huge shift of, 
they're, they don't even know what they're doing, right? These aren't even actually the right pages. So if I can actually be the right search result, I can attract clients and clearly be the expert. And so I put up my page and got a blog and then listed the client logos that I'd worked for. And I would say it took, it was a really, this is one thing I will say about SEO. You hear a lot about SEO and the things that people talk about it taking so long are for people who are trying to build up passive income with like blogs and millions of page views per month from ad revenue. I just need a couple of hundred visits a month, right? I don't need anything huge. And so it, I don't have to pick competitive keywords. They don't have to have high traffic volume. And so within three months, I was getting traffic. And then, so that was April of 2018 that I optimized my website. By July, I had my first client and that was building up because it does just take time to, for people to like make their commitments and get them through the sales process. But by November, no, it was September, I had my first $10,000 month. So it was pretty fast, like in the grand scheme of things to go from like $5,000 a month in 80 hour weeks to $10,000 a month. And probably I was probably still at 40 or 50 hour weeks, but then by January had ramped up to 15 again, still working too many hours. And I wouldn't fix that until COVID where I was like, eh, we got to keep optimizing, right? You can't just stop here. <laughs> that was my next question. Like how did COVID affect your business? For so many people, it was such a difficult time. But interestingly for presentation design, so many people were suddenly going from in-person meetings to virtual. People who had, I always joke, so many people don't remember that Zoom before the pandemic, we just used right. like conference calls. Do you remember that? We didn't turn on the camera. We did not. We, we did, did not. not. <laughs> but people don't remember that at all. Like until 2020, like we didn't even know, like we used it to replace conference bridges. And so as people were really making this shift into the online world, all of a sudden they were like, we can't, we're not just sitting in front of somebody anymore, pitching stuff and then throwing a slide at deck at them at the end. We're putting it up on the screen and this thing is a travesty. Or maybe we don't even have anything now and we feel like we need that resource. So it was, I would say it was quiet for about a week and a half as everybody was making that big shift home. And then yeah. once all that dust settled, it picked right back up. Like I had some of my best months at that time. I was busy nonstop. It was, it actually became a problem for me. So I working from home and everything, and I'm, I would consider myself like a workaholic. And I think it's something a lot of solopreneurs and freelancers struggle with, right? If I work more, I get paid more. So like, where do I draw the line? What are the boundaries around my personal life and my personal space? And like, when I close the door to my office and I walk out, like my day has to be done. If not, <laughs> I, my whole life can be working and I'm just making so much money, but that's great. But like, to what end? Now I have money that I'm doing nothing with. We, I have to be really disciplined about that. And during the pandemic as all the consultants and everybody else who was working 24 seven was experiencing the same thing and their kids are home. So they're doing school during the day. And then at night they're trying to get caught up on work. I realized I was working 24 seven and not shutting down. So that was a few months of, it was really just pandemonium. And that was where in my business, I said, hold on, what do you really want? Like, it's an opportunity now to say, you've got a really solid business, you're making good money. And I had an epiphany that year, if I really wanted that I could probably get to $400,000 a year working 40 hours a week, if I was really disciplined and said, okay, like 
I'm going to take on the best of the best clients, like the clients who like love to like iterate and in the design, we call it putting their fingerprints on things. Like they just love to be part of the process. But I have like clients who are just like, go do your thing and we love your work and we want you to do your thing. And they take it and they're done. They want to pay a professional. They don't want to be involved. They don't want it to be cycles. And those for me are the best clients, right? Like you're most profitable on those clients and it's the most enjoyable because you feel like they trust you and it's just fun, honestly. So I would say that was the point where I realized that I really wanted to build a course. I had people because of the SEO piece of my business, other designers were finding me and asking, Hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? How did you, how? <laughs> and so I was like having all these one-on-one -on -one conversations, but it was so unstructured and I didn't I wasn't really helping anyone. And so in 2020 was when I put together the course side of helping other presentation designers grow their businesses and really structured everything that I do and how I do it and packaged it up in a way that was replicable. And what was the name of your course? It's called Six Figure Presentation Designer. Okay. And the whole, yeah. The whole promise of it is like you can get to six figures and you could choose not to. You could say, I just, I want a little extra side income, but I want to do it in a really impactful way. I want to work 10, 20 hours a week, but I want to make really good money doing it. And I want to have free time. And it's something that we talk about a lot in our community. We have a student who plays golf and his golf game is better than ever. And he's the way that I have increased my efficiency and productivity and gotten really good is I back my time up against golf games. He's I got to make my tea time. <laughs> That's yes. how you do it, right? What are your priorities? And to find things that work for you in order to help you reach your goals and help you realize them. And sometimes it sounds silly to other people and he'll say all the time, no, it's stupid. And I'm like, no, I think it's genius, right? Know who you are, know what drives and motivates you and then figure out how to leverage that to make it a strength. Because now you went from working sometimes 80 hours a week to 20 to 25 hours a week. Right. And what is your average now per month just doing the 20 to 25 hours a week? This month, and my business is shifting a little bit this year. I did hire somebody. This year we're coming in and we're averaging 25 this year. And that's so awesome. I know. It's really exciting. You do Upwork at all anymore or just private clients? You oh, do that I have all? one client left on Upwork, but no. I think though there are other presentation designers in particular that I know. There's a woman by the name of Courtney Allen who's there who is running a million dollar a year agency, a presentation design agency on Upwork. Nice. Yeah. And she's got a lot of press and has had a lot of news coverage. So it's definitely possible still to be getting that on Upwork. I have a lot of anxiety. And so I found that I would really get stressed out by the reviews. And so I found myself doing more than I should, feeling a little bit handicapped by those reviews. And so I really like what I've built in that I never feel like I am having to say if a client's rude that I just have to suck it up and say, oh, that's okay. I have to tolerate this. If not, I, that just puts me back to where I was in corporate, right? Like I just have to smile and say, oh, okay. And be unhappy. And it was a huge part of starting my own business was saying, I want to build what I want, what's going to make me happy. And part of that is the financial aspect and feeling that that's aligned with my efforts. But another part of it is feeling like I'm in a place where I can thrive. And I know part of that is I'm a sensitive person. And so I can't be around people who are really negative or people who are dismissive or there are just people too, clients who will just, they're just flat out rude. 
<laughs> I'm just too sensitive of a person for that. Yeah, and that's like in every industry. Yeah. So now that you are scaling your business and you're growing, you're reclaiming your time as well. What are things that you do just to sometimes unwind and enjoy that extra time that you've gotten back? Yeah, so I have been trying to be better about physical fitness and really getting away from the desk. I just got a Peloton, so that's exciting. I know, I'm part of that world now. I'm just renting, I'm not fully committed. I've never been a bike person, but we live in the Pacific Northwest and it's super rainy. So going out for walks in the winter, I always, I'm really great from like April until September, but then the rain starts and I'm like, ooh, it's gross and cold. I think maybe this will eliminate some, at least excuses for sure. <laughs> Right. Look, they're so convenient. Oh my gosh. Do you have one? No, not a Peloton. I look, I have a bike, but not a Peloton, but yes, I would. I need to upgrade. Let me know what you think about it. (laughs) You will. (laughs) Yeah. I've only done one ride, one ride so far and it's been good, but yeah, I think anything like that, right. That's like just giving you an outlet and a way that's super easy and convenient. Like I find going to the gym and going, having that extra because I'm a science nerd, I call it activation energy. Like another hurdle to have to get over is a challenge. And so if you can make it easier for yourself, I think that's super helpful. And so I've always just going outside for walks and things like that. My daughter just started middle school. So we're trying to get into that last little bit of time before she's peace out. I got a car and I don't need you guys anymore. Take my word for it. I have a 19 year old and a 16 year old and they never want to spend time with me anymore. So enjoy every moment of it. I just read this statistic the other day that you spend 75% of the time you'll spend with your children by the time they're 12. And it was terrifying. You're just like, oh my gosh, this is almost it already. (laughs) Because once they start driving, it's not that they don't need you anymore, but yeah, they don't need you anymore. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little different. If you had to think about what has surprised you the most about starting your own business, what would you say that is? I think it's that you can start a thriving and really successful business without being a salesperson. Because I really hesitated for a very long time to have a business because I'm not salesy and I'm not an extrovert and I'm not going to go out and meet clients. But finding a way that would work for me and with, for me, that was SEO was so hugely impactful. I just couldn't have fathomed five years ago that I could be here. It, it seems it seemed, it would have seemed unfathomable, impossible. And I, you are, yes. Yeah. I <laughs> think there's just so much, we hear so many things about, oh, this is the way to do things, or this is the way things should be. And instead of stopping and saying, how can I make that out? How do I get to that outcome with what I can do or what my strengths or skills are? What are other avenues to get there? I think is really hugely helpful. And so I like to talk about it because I like for other people to know that you don't have to be like this big salesperson who's like running out to every like conference and event. And that works for some people, but it doesn't have to be the only way to get clients and build a business. Adrian, if you had one piece of advice to share with an entrepreneur on how to play big faster, what would it be? Just get started every time. You just will learn so much on the journey. Like you're going to make mistakes. I think there's so much of this, oh, I'm going to figure this thing out and I'm going to learn it. And there's just nothing like getting in there, rolling up your sleeves and going, oh, that didn't work and pivoting. And I think that there are ways to do that in a secure way, right? Like you can 
side hustle if you want and do things where you still have the financial security of a job. And I know there are complications with different people's jobs and things, but there are certainly ways to maneuver around that. But the more you can just get started and learn, whether even if it's just talking to people who are your ideal customers, right? Do they really want to buy that thing? <laughs> Trying to sell that thing, even if you haven't built it yet. Any, anything you can do to actually take action instead of daydreaming or thinking or planning or strategizing. I've always been a huge fan of just do it. Just do it. So tell us, how can we get in contact with you if we would like to work with you? Absolutely. You can find me at adrianjohnston.com. That's where I have my presentation design portfolio. And then if there's any graphic designers or anybody who's interested in presentation design specifically off of that page, there's a little link for presentation designer resources as well. And we will make sure that we include all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And until next time, play big faster. Thanks for listening to this episode and remember to play big faster. 